0: Hello, (laughs) this is Nicholas. And this is Kalpesh. Hey guys, welcome to Ayurveda Digested, where we take this seemingly mysterious, mystical, ancient art and make it accessible, relatable, and approachable to anyone interested in exploring alternative ways for health, medicine, and quality of life. Let's break it down. Hello, 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 hello. Yeah. Hello, it is uh, Nicholas here. (laughs) I'm giggling because I was thinking that it's much more fun when I have either Kalpesh or a guest here, and it's not just me going, hey, it's Nicholas. Okay, so truth be told, for years, I did a bunch of Facebook Lives back when it first started, back when it was the competition for Periscope. And uh, I found ridiculousness in the way I would start my uh, stuff. But, you know, um, I really got to know a lot of people really well that way. And so another form that it has taken in my life now is these podcasts. So I was just having kind of flashbacks right now to that. Um, You know, the one thing about that that makes it challenging is when you're doing the video and yes, people can leave comments and stuff while you're live. But now you can actually bring people on so you can be face-to-face and have a conversation and record it at the same time. But back then, you just kind of went on and you talked, and it was this like reality television thing. So here's my reality voice podcast thing today. So as you may have guessed, <laughs> Kalpesh isn't here today. You know, he and I are learning that five- and six-hour time zone differences are very challenging to navigate Um, three hours, not so bad, 12 hours, not so bad, five, six, seven, eight, it's a little bit challenging. (laughs) So, you know, um, in this new global world that we are existing in, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely interesting to learn these things, right? What's possible, what's not, what can I make happen? What's almost impossible. But, you know, he and I are both, uh, successful businessmen and we have calendars that, uh, clients fill up and or activities fill up. Um, I have a full activity thing this week and I'll be doing CEUs uh, for a particular uh, organization that I do um, uh, trainings for. I'm a presenter for them. Um, IFTA, if you've ever heard of it, Interactive Fitness Trainers of America, uh, ifta-fitness.com. We're doing a weekend in Raleigh, so... Um, I'm excited about that uh, on Saturday and Sunday. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I can, though, say that I am sitting underneath of the full moon, and I'm loving it. Uh, The full moon is shining nice and bright. It will hit peak soon. I won't tell you when, because you won't know when I'm recording this. Uh, But anyway, um, I hope that made you laugh. I like to say things that make people laugh, but then when I can't hear them laugh or see the reaction, I'm always like, um did that land? (laughs) And now I know you're laughing now. Oh, my friends, my friends, my friends. So it's a beautiful, beautiful full moon. Um, Just to recap, uh, on our new moon episode, we had Sebastian, and he was talking with us about all things Ayurveda, especially from an education standpoint, but also from a fluidity standpoint, the ability to kind of take the principles and then morph it into something that is applicable to many different things, that can adapt to many different things. Um, One of the reasons why I absolutely love Ayurveda, Um, it is definitely something that really spoke to me at a deep level, and uh, I still have to give many thanks to Dr. Lod, who is the one who delivered it in a way on that one afternoon that I watched his video um, at a CEU thing. Um, It was a continuing education for Yoga Alliance, and I was like, I must know this man. I signed up that next morning for eight classes of his that they were offering through Ayur Prana, and uh, it rocked my world, and then I went to school there. So um, again, this by no means um, is to suggest that any other school isn't or should be or dot, dot, dot. This is just about my story and what I experienced And uh, I hope you can hear the love in my voice for Dr. Lod. Uh, He's just, yeah, (laughs) he is definitely the perfect vehicle for me to receive Ayurveda in the way that I needed to, to really transform my life as I have since then. So um, one of the practices that we came up with, uh, you know, for under the full moon And the new moon and kind of progressing forward was, you know, the new moon was in Leo. And I do apologize. I don't know Jyotish or even our traditional horoscopes uh, or astrology that well that I could actually talk about the specific ones. Shout out, though, if you are either Jyotish or, you know, a regular astrology or you happen to know both and can compare and contrast, hit me up. So, yeah, make sure you guys hit me up astrology. Let's do it. (laughs) So yeah, um, I actually truth be told, I was recording and then I realized I was rambling. And you know what, I wanted to start over again here. Um, You know, I I am all about the initial take, but I also know that I want to be a light that empowers those who are listening. And so that's what I'm here doing right now. So my friends, look, Last episode, we talked about all the ways that you can look at Ayurveda through the lens of other modalities of healing of connecting with self of connecting with spirit of connecting with the greater things that are out there. And that's awesome. And you should do that if you feel called to do that. If you feel called to be more pure in your, you know, reading and your way that you deliver Ayurveda, or, you know, its counterparts, yeah, do that, right, you should always feel authentic in the things that you're doing. And I think that that is something to really, 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 really live into. So specifically, we talked about, you know, what makes us feel empowered, and to shine bright, and to connect to the vision that we have for our life. And how does that show up for people? And how does that show up for you? And, you know, whatever reflections that that might have brought, but then really digging into that Leo energy, that kingly energy, that as you find this vision, as you decide on this vision, and you know, who you are, you're able to then project it to the world and feed those around you, right, instead of potentially taking from your you know, people, so that you can be fed, while leaving them all out in poverty, Now, it's an extreme example. And I don't want you to think there, and you can give a little bit because you know, <laughs> um, sometimes metaphor is so much easier to teach through than just, you know, uh, fact based information, right. And then of course, through story, stories, elicit emotions and stories elicit, how we feel about it, right? It's easy to resonate with a character rather than, um, you know, uh, a term, (laughs) or just terminology and things like that. So um, I often drop in a metaphor. So if you hear something that you're like, "What?" maybe I'm using a metaphor. (laughs) I'll do my best I commit to trying to be more clear with how I'm delivering stuff. Like I said, I actually just recorded 20 minutes of podcast. And um, I realized that I had some things I needed to work through things that were preventing me from shining, you know, specifically, I'll let you know, um, you know, I had mentioned I had a really tough fall last year, Um, actually, uh, just about a year ago, uh, this week, my father was in Hurricane Ian, and he was in the hospital for three and a half weeks, and then recovering for three and a half weeks after that, He flesh, eating bacteria, and all this stuff, he survived on the hood of a car, hanging onto the hood of a car with his girlfriend and his dog in what well, might as well have been a level five hurricane um it was like two miles per hour less than but I'm pretty sure in some places it was level five anyway um so there was that and then last week I got that piece of paper from orphans court about my mom and you know my mom after we got my dad up and ready that was like you know, six, seven weeks of getting dad better from the day that he was hit with the hurricane. And then mom passed away five days after my dad left for Florida. So there was a lot of disempowerment during that time. Um, There's a lot of challenge and strain and change in my life, um, up to and including, you know, this Vata that had come into my life and made it almost unbearable to, to to perceive and operate in the world. I mean, I felt frazzled all the time. Um, but what I will say is that that excess caused me to have to stop and pay attention and notice and see and reevaluate what I wanted in my life. You know, it wasn't just these events that were causing the vata vitiation, it was my life previously, and that because I wasn't close enough to a balance point, you know, where my pakruti was the Vata just threw me even further out of balance to the point that it was, you know, immobilizing, you know, um, very affecting. And it's taken quite a while, you know, it hasn't even I mean, it's just coming up on a year for the stuff with my dad. And then in November, it'll be a year for my mom being passed away. And there's, there's plenty more to go, I can feel it, I know it. And, um, you know, this really does have to deal with, you know, what helps me to connect to my true vision, and I was living half visions, you know, and I really do believe that half visions, you know, I was subscribing to the things that I thought I was supposed to do. I was subscribing to the the way I thought I was supposed to be done without necessarily sitting and evaluating what I, what I truly wanted to do. And I know that when I'm living into my truth and my, Pakruti and my, you know, what feels like divine gifts, I feel alive and I feel like sharing and I feel like I'm unstoppable and not in a, not in a, you know, pathological I'm Superman, you know, delusions of grandeur, but in that just really, I have this sustenance supporting me that exists outside of myself and is way more resourced than I could ever be on my own. Yet I am resourced by it and therefore I can do anything because of it that felt powerful so thank you for bearing with me as i worked through my process and had to really stop the recording and then start again and here i am um i'm really feeling that and so coming back to stuff you know one of the things i was talking about in the other recording was you know i feel like my mom and i wrote about this at her is her eulogy and the funeral was you know, I felt like she had died of a broken heart, she wasn't allowed to shine and be, be who she was, she had a lifetime of having to try to figure out what other people wanted and conform to it, you know, and that's generational that you know, there's there's something about that age group and that that time frame. my mom was 66 when she passed away last year. And uh, anybody out there who's in that age window probably understands, right? You know, it, it was challenging, it still is challenging, because it stays with us. And you know, I feel echoes of it in, you know, being raised by people who came from that generation. So, you know, let's take a moment of silence and bless that space of not being able to be who you are, not being able to shine bright, not being able to connect to your true vision, because you got to put food on the table, or you've got to, you know, Feed kids or I think that's food on the table, not feed kids, but like, give kids more than what you had and give kids, you know, a good enough life that they can survive in the world and be empowered themselves at the same time. Take a moment of silence for that. Speaking of morning, right, what could life have been had it been different? What could life have been had things been just a little bit different? You know, one of the things that Kalpesh and I were, you know, passionate about is really giving people a space to have practices in their life, right, where they sit down and they connect to themselves, they connect to spirit, um, to the greater energies, you know, no matter what religion or spirituality you subscribe to, you know, it doesn't matter. It's really about your connection to it and how it makes you grow, how it feeds you and how um, you're able to carry it on to others in positive ways, whether you're telling them about your spirituality, or you're just a better person and showing up in ways that, you know, help that are supportive, that are embracing. So, I know I'm jumping around and uh, I don't care. (laughs) We do it in one take. And uh, like I said, you know, even though you don't, you won't hear the previous recording that I uh, deleted. um, Just know that you all helped me through my process in very, very good ways. And uh, I'm grateful for it. You'll never hear it. But just know that I had to do it to get where I'm at now. And I'm grateful. So living into this power, bring it out into the world and sharing it with others. How does that relate to Ayurveda? Well, it relates to it completely and fully, right? Especially from a yogic perspective. You know, you have this light that's within you and it's how you observe the world. And then it's what people see of you out in the world, right? But the thing that changes and differs is the the glass or where this light is coming through. So we call it chitta right the heart mind it's that space um external to us energetically that the world perceives us through and when i say the world i mean people and other people perceive us through but we also perceive other people through it it potentially would be like you sitting inside and looking out through a window into the world and if the dimensions of the glass aren't the right shape you can't see 360 degrees you can't see more than 180, maybe even less than that, right? And so that impacts the perceptions that you're gonna have about what you're looking at. And so if we have this perfect heart mind, it's nice and clear and it's not dirty and we're able to see the world clearly, so we understand it and receive it well without necessarily abusing our senses. Um, We're taking things in in right ways. And then also people are able to perceive us and receive us just as clearly so, that there's this deep heartfelt or inner connection through that clear, evaluated, contemplated, and meditated heart mind. And so, having these practices helps us clear that heart mind, it helps us clear these habits and it helps us clear these you know imbalances that may exist so that we can interact more clearly and receive more clearly the world that's going on around us and those who do gather around us so that again we can go back to that idea of shining bright you know we are shining whether we want to or not you know it's just the fact of the matter but what are you burning what fuel are you utilizing is it a resinous piece of wood that's creating smoke and clouds and you know uh, a haziness about what's going on or even you know being very noxious or is it a nice warmth generating nice pleasant light to be around that people want to gather and commune around you know what light are you shining out into the world and how is it being received now all of this is well and good you know in that metaphoric space and that you know simile space but how do you do that when life is being crazy well that is a great question right i think it depends it depends person to person it depends on the situation but i do know that if you continuously show up well in a state of supported In a state of rested in a state of service then anything could show up and you'll be ready and willing and lovingly ready to do it and you know i know that when i'm in those spaces i really can and it's been quite some time since i've been there i get glimpses of it um I sometimes am able to access it. I mean, I used to love to just go and be a volunteer at an event, and I had to clean up trash, or I had to direct traffic or whatever. I loved it. I loved it. I loved being of service, and there was no expectation. You know, maybe sometimes we got paid, or maybe I was doing it so that I could fundraise for an organization that I was a part of. Um, You know, it, it just depended. But I just loved that service, and I wasn't worried about a paycheck. And now you know it's sometimes in life how do i maximize transactions so that i can be free to do what i want in the world and then it becomes sometimes more about money than it does about service and wh- how could it not how could it not but when, what if that service is from this authentic place where you have gone inside and you've connected to your vision, but not just your vision, it's your vision based upon who you really are, because you are in contact with that Prakruti and your Manas and all of these aspects of self, Manas is mind. Uh, and then you step out into the world knowing exactly who you are, the evaluated life, the life, well, I don't know, ex- not just experience but life well contemplated a life well examined a life well examined that's what I was looking for and you can you know walk knowing who you are you can step forward knowing who you are you can step backwards knowing who you are you can shift and move and dance through life in extravagant or non-extravagant ways freely and unencumbered because you know exactly who you are and how you fit into the tapestry of life. You know, I was having a conversation with my coach and this came up and uh, I'm glad it just occurred to me again. You know, when I was in band, I never practiced because I couldn't, without the, the whole, read the music in a way that was meaningful. I could play the notes and I could try to keep the tempo and I could try to hear it in my head But just looking at my line of music meant nothing to me. But when I got into the band room, and I was sitting with the whole and then the whole was performing, I heard exactly where my music was supposed to go to build the ultimate uh, expression of that musical piece into the world. And I feel like there's a lot to examine there. But it really, in my opinion, highlights my cuffic nature that connector that uh, the the glue that holds everything together, and the growth and the the pieces that create structural integrity, between the differing parts, <sighs> structural and functional, really. And I'm like that with life. So sometimes it's hard for me to be motivated, right to, to show up for the things that need to be done because I don't see how they fit into the whole and so I spend a lot of time trying to grab the vision or to see as far into the future as I can to anticipate where I'm supposed to be and where I'm going and now I'm as I'm saying this out loud I'm having the realization and I'm happy I can share it with you that I need to go to practice I need to go experience life to see where my light shines best so that it complements others without diminishing anyone else in the process. I have to for better or worse, go to where the orchestra is playing the music so that I can look at my sheet music, that vision that I have determined for myself and see where it fits in. Listen to where it fits in. Wow. But see, this is interesting, because the other types, so a pitta person, for instance, is going to be the person, for the most part, especially if we're just distilling it based on a single dosha, they're going to be the one who logically figures out where they belong. So they're going to be able to technically analyze the music and the meter and do a metronome and be able to do it properly. You know, the vata person is more the, you know, person who can really flow with it and kind of um, what is it, they can riff with it, they can improv with it, right, they're going to be inspired, and they're going to do new things with it, that maybe are on the musical sheet, and maybe aren't, you know, they're going to be the ones that really add in that creativity, that space for newness within it. And they're going to move and really flow with it. Each Group or each dosha has its own gifts, and then you know it has its things that, if applied wrong, make it more challenging or less effective. But at the end of the day, we're a unique combination of all of them, let alone a unique combination of all of the elements that make up each of the doshas, and so we have these very distinct sheet musics for each of us so that we can play and part of the orchestra of life or perhaps we're a very distinct color in the tapestry of life and if we aren't showing up to be thread into the thing called life our string just hangs off and potentially will get cut off at some point that's a weird metaphor (laughs) um but you know what i'm saying if you're holding yourself apart and away from life, you know, eventually, you know, what purpose does that extra string serve there? Right? It's probably not fun for us, because it's, you know, hanging out in the wind, and it's not really a part of the tapestry, you know, even though cuffas is 10 more towards connection than the other signs, we all need connection, right? You know, we wouldn't have, you know, family systems and culturally the things that we do where we gather and we spend time together um if it wasn't you know a part of who we are as humans what we are as humans and animals in this world but i'm not going to postulate on that because remember this is all my opinions right now i'm just talking you know i am talking about some of the ayurveda that i've learned that is you know more of a universal truth but this is that application of that you um application of it in the everyday world and my world partic- in particular, and even in just this setting. Sorry, I get a notification, I've got, um, you know, a certain amount of time that I can uh, record in the browser, <laughs> which is actually why it stopped the very first time. So I only got five minutes because you can only do five minutes on Safari. So word to the wise, if you're recording podcasts, use Chrome, you can record up to 30 minutes, which actually might be a good thing, because you can only do 30 minutes max, and it will keep your episodes 30 minutes Just saying (laughs) so i'm gonna make this a shorter episode this week but um i'm really glad for the space to reflect and move through these ideas these realizations these moments of growth for myself for my spirit for my mind for my heart and you know for the 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 connection that you as the ayurveda digestive community provide me and kalpesh right we don't have to do this alone we just need to find our tribe that we can do that and it's so much easier now that we're global as a world global as um you know different groups right we we're not we're not restricted by the borders that you know were created by our countries and by different groups over the last 100 to 200 to 300 to 400 years or even more right depends on where you're at um sidebar when i was in europe and i'm talking to these guys who are distant cousins of mine um that we didn't know were cousins but you know we figured because we have the last name same last name and it's unusual you know he told me that church across the street was from 743 or something like that but it was 700 not 1700 700 <laughs> you know were that we could build structures in our life that live that long and well and are able to handle the, the 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 storms of life the shifts and changes in life to have the proper maintenance to to make it that far of course you know humans aren't necessarily meant to live you know, right now, past 115, or whatever. But, you know, what if we lived more into these principles of Ayurveda, what would be possible, right? You know, even in the Bible, they were talking about people living to 600, and, you know, whatever, uh, 400, and just really long lifespans, you know, what if we lived into Ayurveda, and that was possible, but again, you know, in that evaluation, what is the motivation for that? Why would you want to live that long? Is it because you selfishly selfishly want to experience life? Is it so that you can serve more? Is that you so you can have more lessons and then share those lessons with the world? You know, what is motivating you? And then how are you showing up with that motivation and serving or expressing? right now, I don't see much of a difference. I don't see a difference between serving and expressing. I don't see much of a difference between, you know, living into your truth and letting others live into their truth or supporting others living in their truth, you know, they're, to me, it's all one in the same, like, if we're being the best us possible, we're serving those who can benefit from us. And if they are living into their light and their vision and their gifts, then they are, you know, sharing those with people which could be me or you know the person that fed them or others out into the world beyond them and it becomes this chain of instead of pain right chain and pain chain of pain it rhymes it's easy to remember you know mnemonic (laughs) such as it is um you know it becomes this this embrace of growth and embrace of grace there we go i think i just coined a new thing Chain of pain or embrace of grace. I don't know guys. What do you think? I think that's going to be my question at the end. (laughs) Embrace of grace or chain of pain. But it's not you know, it's not a dichotomy. These aren't the only two options. These aren't the only two choices, right? If Ayurveda shows us anything, there's a fluidity and that there's, you know, a uniqueness in that expression that um, allows for differing things. And it also allows for things to go out of balance and then work their way back into balance. So ah, continue meditating on this as we move into this fullness of, you know, living into our gifts into our vision to being able to shine bright, uh, like a lighthouse shine bright, like the sun shine bright, like our deepest heartfelt joy. So my name is nicholas and uh i am really grateful for the opportunity to take ayurveda to spaces that are easier to understand through metaphor and through breaking it down so until next time let's break it down namaste